something to say. Hello everyone, and welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and yeah, Anchor is now owned by Spotify. Hi. I don't know why I started with that, but today is my 700th episode of this podcast, and that just feels insane. Uh, my hosting and distribution company is now owned by Spotify, and that's... Uh, giving me a lot of thoughts. Good thoughts. I don't think it's going to be a bad thing, but it's it's definitely giving me thoughts. So today I wanted to talk about writing because it's something we haven't done on the podcast in a while. And it is a topic I want to bring up with some regularity. I've actually been thinking about doing a writing Wednesday kind of thing. So let me know what you think about that. Because then we have like a set day when we're doing it. So what I wanted to talk about today is how I became a pantser. Because it's a long and twisted story. And I've told part of it on the podcast before. But I also wanted to talk to anybody out there who's thinking about starting a creative project and is afraid of doing something wrong. Because that's kind of how my story starts. As you all know, I started writing at a very young age. When I, I, I began my creative journey, if you will, by drawing comic books when I was a little kid. So when I was about probably seven or eight, I made my first comics. They were very simple, very, very simple line art. And I still need to see if my mom still has them because I think that would be... I don't know, she kept a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know if she kept any of those, but that would be amazing to post online. I need to remember to look and see or ask her about it. I keep forgetting. There's a lot going on right now. Anywho, I didn't start writing stories until the fourth grade. And I can be very specific about that. Because I wrote our fourth grade play. <laughs> it was based on Roald Dahl's The Big Friendly Giant, which was one of my favorite books at the time and still to this day holds a very special place in my heart. And because I was growing faster than my classmates, I was cast to play The Big Friendly Giant in the play. And Actually, because of rehearsals and stuff, I had memorized the third graders play and they were doing a play based on a story by of, of the Berenstein Bears and the guy who was supposed to be playing the dad was sick that night. So they realized that I knew all of his lines and so I did all of those as well. <laughs> but um, I don't know why I told you that. Anyway, you know, so I wrote that. And that was a lot of fun. In fifth grade, it became well known amongst my teachers that I like to write. And in Maryland, they have a graduation service at the end of elementary school. 
and my teachers had me write the poem for our graduation. So I did that. And that's kind of where it all started. You know, I started writing a lot of poetry. I started writing short stories. Um, I wrote throughout middle school and high school. I wrote a total of four books that are utter crap, but very important that I did write them because one, it proved to me that I could write a book and that it was something that I really enjoyed doing. And because this was the dark days before the interwebs, I didn't have anywhere to share them. So to this day, I don't think anyone has, I think Brian read one of them. When we first got together, he found out that I wrote and he asked, and I think I gave him a copy of In This Darkness, which was a vampire novel that I had written to read. So he may have read one of them, but I didn't really share them with people I wrote for me, and I really liked doing it. Now, the short stories, on the other hand, I showed to a lot of people and tried to get published, and I wrote a lot of um, fan fiction, which did get published. And if anybody has any Klingon fan fiction written by Koloth published on the East Coast in the 90s, please send it to me. I don't have copies of any of it, especially the Data Wharf story. I would really like that. Like, that would really make me happy. And the poetry, because I wrote a Klingon poem named Chilpuvaja and the the forgotten hero and i would love to get a copy of that too so if anybody has that please please share because i would love to get my hands on those i've been trying to find copies but you know old fanfic is not always the easiest thing to get your hands on but having said that you know i was always a pantser back then which means i wrote by the seat of my pants i wrote without an outline i had an idea I started writing, I went to see where that could go, and it never went anywhere good. Like I said, I wrote four novels by the time I graduated high school, and they were terrible. They, they were, you know, this isn't just being, like, self-judgmental or anything. Like, the, they're bad. Like, the story, the pacing, they're just bad. But something that really needed to happen. So the first thing I have to say is if you are thinking of doing anything creative, especially if you're thinking about writing a book, don't be afraid of writing crap. You will. It, 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 it will happen, but it will show you one. If you actually have the interest to be able to write, because writing is a lot harder than people think it is because especially when you're writing a novel, there is such a commitment to having to show up every day to get the words in so that you will at the end have a finished book. There are a lot of words in a book. I mean, even today when I'm writing shorter novels, because I really enjoy the format, you know, it's still, you know, somewhere around 60,000 words in a book, 60, 70,000 words in a book. That's still quite a few words to have to write. And, you know, 
it's not always easy to get those words out. You will have times of doubt. You will have times when you think that the story you're writing is the worst thing ever. And of course it might be, but there's this magical thing called editing that happens at the end where you can fix that stuff. So don't worry about it. Just get the words down, get the story out and you'll get there. When I actually started writing books, like when I sat down and decided I'm going to write a book and share it with the world, I panicked because I knew that I had written four utterly crap books by that point. And I wanted to make sure that I was writing books that worked. So I began studying plot. I began studying structure. I began studying everything I could get my hands on that talked about how to write and how to tell stories. By the way, you should do that too. I, I highly recommend, and I don't see people recommend this book all, the, all that much, but uh, Stein on writing. Basically, Sol Stein wrote two books on writing. I think they're very good and very underrated. Um, Zen and the Art of Writing by David Gerald. No, no, I'm sorry. That's by uh, um, Ray Bradbury. You should definitely, definitely read that. And I meant to mention the David Gerald one, and the name just completely escaped me right now. But he wrote a the ultimate, for me, book on writing. It covers everything. And it changed my writing forever. But you should pick up books. You know, Zack Snyder's um, Save the Cat. You should definitely read Save the Cat and Save the Cat Goes to the Movies. Uh, John Truby's book on writing is very good. The Art of Storytelling. That's very, very good. And uh, John Bonnet or Bonnet. I've never heard his name pronounced, so I don't know. B-O-N-N-E-T. I think that's Bonnet, but I don't know. He wrote a book called Stealing Fire from the Gods. Also highly recommend it. So definitely read, 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 read. Study the craft, study the craft. The craft will do you well. But in all of the study, I became an outliner, which was very different from the way that I had written before. And personally, I needed that discipline because I knew how long I, w I used a uh, book called the Marshall plan and it laid out. If you were writing a book with this many characters, it should be about this long and each character should have this many scenes leading to this many scenes total. And by his method, I believe each scene he counted at about 1600 words because of David Gerald. I try to keep my scenes to around 800 words for a lot of reasons, but it helps with flow and pacing and keeping you from sagging too much. But, you know, I used those methods to outline my books. And I did that for the Liquid Sky books, for um, Shine Like Thunder, which was half pantsed because I did not have the outline finished by the time I started writing that book. So I kind of uh, slapdashed it, which is a very fun technique where you kind of write your outline as you go. So you basically keep your outline just ahead of where you are writing. So you always know where you're going. And that's a technique I'll talk about a little bit more after the break. 
but all of my other books were outlined very heavily outlined um and that worked for me because it gave me structure it let me know exactly what i need to do today so i get up i'm writing this is what's happening write that and i really needed that structure i really needed that discipline in order to get things done to get the writing done and you might need to do that too remember i'm going to be talking about how i write now but i'm giving you my writing journey because you know you might need to go on a similar journey for yourself you might need that discipline of having a complete novel outlined before you get started like one of the things that i desperately need to do is still to this day is make sure i have virtually every character and location completely worked out prior to getting started because nothing will derail my writing quicker than an unnamed character showing up granted scriveners made that a lot easier with their name generator which works really well so that's become easier <laughs> over time i don't agonize it over agonize over it like i used to but it's still something that you should give thought to but you can't learn from reading you can't you you have to learn writing by writing because you'll find out what works for you and what doesn't don't ever trust anyone who's giving you tips on writing that says this technique always works because that's not true it may always work for them and they might not understand that it doesn't work for others and i don't you know want to say that they're just lying about it because they may not have a lot of writing friends or they may be lucky that a lot of the friends that they have have a very sim similar temperament to them as a writer and so the same techniques work but i know a lot of writers and we all have very different methods for getting our words together and getting our words out so take everything with a grain of salt but when I got to writing recently, the last three books that I've written were all completely written on the fly. I had an outline for Labyrinth of Souls, which I ended up not using. And I think the story is better for it. I did not have an outline at all for, well, We'll talk about this more after the break. I did not really outline Crucify at all. And I didn't outline Sanctify at all. And it's kind of unfair talking about those books because they're not out yet. Out yet, Crucify should be out shortly. I've been editing. <laughs> That's the book that I'm constantly editing. I did more editing today. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Like I'm going to hit a point where I'm not going to be able to stop editing because I'm almost at the climax and I just want it to get done. But I'm on my last pass through and making sure I've caught as much as I can. But I didn't outline, and I think the stories were better for it. And we'll, I'll explain that after the break. So, um, we're back. Okay, so the reason I think my recent fiction has benefited more from not having an outline is because I wrote so long with one. 
And that's why I said you may have to take time to get there. So don't think that writing with an outline is better than not, or writing without an outline is better than having one. There are different ways of doing things. And you have really have to be careful because in on writing, Stephen King, who does not write with outlines, says that one of the first things that he does is throw away about seven, you know, half to 75% of each draft that he writes. That's a lot of words to just throw away. And I'm not saying that I don't do significant rewrites or anything anymore, but a lot of that's because he followed stories down dead ends. I mean, he talks about this a lot in on writing, which though I'm not a big fan of Stephen King, I, I it, that's one of the books that should be on your list to read as well as Terry Brooks's sometimes the magic works. That's a very good book to read. Um, but he's very open about how he will follow a story down to a dead end and then have to throw that entire portion of the book out because it didn't go anywhere. He thought it might, but it didn't. That's more work than I'm willing to put into a book. If you get what I'm saying, like I want to make sure that the words that I'm writing matter and are aimed as close as possible for, you know, towards the story that I'm wanting to tell. So it's not uncommon for me to throw out an entire chapter in one of the books that I'm kind of working on on the side. I've written, I think, three different opening chapters for it, none of which will make it into the opening, make it into the book at all, because they just didn't work for many reasons. The tone was off. The story didn't make sense. It wasn't going the way that it needed to go. And so that's one of the few books that, you know, I will be sharing a lot of deleted scenes on because I was trying a lot of things out and those didn't work, but I was able to find that out as quickly as possible so that I could correct course and not write a significant chunk of the book first. And then realize I'm going to have to throw all that out and rewrite it. So honing those skills to be able to see that is one of the things that helps you out when you come from a very structured background like I do. So when I say I need to talk to you more about how I wrote Crucify, Crucify is one of those glorious books that you hear tale of and rarely get to write yourself. I had a dream. I woke up. I wrote notes down. I had a brief idea of the beginning, middle, and end of that book. And that was kind of the outline that I wrote too. I don't want to give any spoilers because that's a book that can easily be spoiled, which is making the uh, back cover copy for it really hard to write. But you know, I knew most of the big turns in the story and I knew definitely how the story was going to end. And that's one of the things that drove, drove me to want to write it is I thought the end of the story was so grotesque and beautiful that I had to get there. I had to, I had to tell the story, even if nobody else ever liked it, it was a story that I had to tell. And so 
you know, with that in mind, I knew roughly how long I wanted the book to be because I've kind of gotten into the zone where I like to try to write a book that's about 72 scenes long because it's efficient to write for me. It's comfortable to write for me. And from the feedback I've gotten from my readers, it fits easier into their schedule. So I get to write more books and, you know, each book, you know, tells the story it needs to tell as efficiently as possible, which I hate saying it that way because it, you know, sounds that that's not the goal. It just is the way that it works out. So since I knew what the major turning points were and what scenes those would fall on, because again, I really like Blake Snyder's um, Save the Cat. So I have an, I know where the different, you know, where each act begins and ends. I know where major events should be happening in the story. So I was able to plug those in and have them just kind of hanging out there in the distance and follow the threads between where I am now in the story and where I'm going. So I knew how I wanted the story to start. I knew several events that were going to happen throughout it, and I knew the end. I didn't know everything that was going to happen, and that was one of the most marvelous things about writing the book, is once you start slapdashing, which is really what I consider what I'm what I do now, where I try to keep my outline just a little bit ahead of where I'm writing, like, okay, so the events that I'm at now will lead to this, this, and this. And as I'm writing, trying to see a little bit further ahead and a little bit further ahead and a little bit further ahead until I get to the end. It allows the story to surprise me while at the same time keeping myself structured and focused. Because as long as I can see a path that I'm walking on, it prevents me from taking a meandering path away from the story to follow a white rabbit, which is a big problem when you are writing without an outline is you'll get a nifty idea. You can let yourself follow it to your own detriment and it will lead nowhere. And then you have several days and hopefully not weeks, but sometimes weeks of story that you've written that you're just going to have to toss out because it, it didn't do anything. It's pointless. So by keeping focused on the story that you're wanting to tell and trying to keep just a little bit ahead, just a little, you know, see where you're going. I think it's very important to see your act breaks as you're writing. What are the big surprises? What are the big twists? What, what are the big moments that are going to change the momentum of the story this way or that way? so that you have an idea of what you're aiming towards. This helps in a couple different ways. One, it allows you to write foreshadowing that if you're just pantsing a novel, you will have to go back and add in later. And with Crucify, for example, this isn't a spoiler, so I can talk about it, the river wolves in the story, I knew that they were going to be there. I had an idea for them, but they became a much more prominent 
aspect of the story than I thought they would. So from a mere background curiosity to being something integral to the plot that required me in the rewrite phase to go back and insert more about them earlier in the book so that when we encounter them, we're ready. They're set up and they organically flow into the story. That was true with a couple other elements as well. And we're, we're really challenging with one character who doesn't show up until later in the book. And I did not expect her to become a main character in the book, but she required some viewpoint chapters, some viewpoint scenes later in the book and becomes the main focus of the second book. So I'm glad she came along, but she was a complete volunteer character who was in my mind going to be there for a couple scenes. I had already told myself, you know, I'd already slapped myself on the wrist because yet again, I had written a story that did not have any female characters in it, which is something that I'm bad about. But because of the inspiration source, you know, like Hikaru, I thought about turning into a woman for a while. I really thought about having Hikaru be female. But the relationship that inspired the book was between two men. And I really wanted to show the differences between brotherly love and romantic love. And so it was important for me to have Shinobu have both a brother and a lover and a friend in the story. And that blindness caused me not to have a prominent female character in the book. One presented itself, and I'm the, the novel is better for it. And that is something that could not have happened if I was strictly outlining. Because she would not have been in the outline. Her influence on the story and the way the story works out would not have been there. And the follow-up novel, which I've already got written, Sanctify My Name, it would have suffered so much because she became such an important character to me and in that second book became such a prominent character that the entire series would have collapsed if I hadn't allowed myself to be open to the possibility of the character happening. So that to me is one of the great virtues of this method of writing, mainly because I was very dictatorial with myself when I was writing with an outline because I have a propensity to follow the white rabbit and get lost along the way. So now I found this other way. I can't tell you that it's better or worse than writing with a strict outline. But for me, it's allowing me to write a lot more books, a lot quicker, and be a lot happier with the stories that I'm telling and enjoying the process of telling them, which for a while there was a thing that I was not doing. So that's how I learned to write by the seat of my pants. 
it's a fun technique. I, I highly recommend it to you to try. If it doesn't work for you, find someone that does. Because that's the glory about being writers. No two writers have the exact same method for writing, coming up with characters, or telling their story. And you have to find your own. I can share mine. I can share my experiences and the things that I've learned along the way. But you have to find your own. And that's kind of the glorious place that I find myself in right now is that I have found a way to write. I have found a way to tell stories that make me happy, that I enjoy doing, and that I think other people will enjoy as well. So what what more can you ask from your writing? I don't think there's anything. If you enjoyed this podcast and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate it, please do so. That helps the podcast out more than you could possibly know, especially if you're listening on um, Apple Podcasts. It tells the algorithm to share with more people. So please rate the podcast and leave a little review if you can. That helps out tremendously. If you can help by joining the project, down in the show notes, you'll see a link that says, community support anchor community support if you click that you can join at the one dollar five dollar or ten dollar a month levels that really does help me out a lot it helped me to get a new microphone help me to get a copy of vellum help me to get a copy of worldographer and i promise maps are coming they just take a while and i've been editing it's like i can edit or i can make a map i'm editing because i want i want you all to read the book um, but thank you so much for everybody who's made all that possible. And it just, it means the world to me. And I want to thank all the new listeners. The podcast is continuing to grow. And if you don't have enough money to help, you know, to join, that's fine. Just share the podcast with people that you think will enjoy it. That helps out tremendously too. You can follow me on social media. I'm CE Dorset on there. Don't forget that on the Anchor app, you can leave me a voice message up to one minute long. That can be a question, a comment, or a topic you would like me to discuss on the show. Keep it clean so I can use it. And I would love to get more of those. I used to do more of those in the past. I haven't gotten one in a while. I, I would like to do more of those because I really like that. Um... You can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. And until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.